welcome guys. Uh, welcome back to another week, another episode. Uh, we have a special guest for you guys. Uh, thanks for joining us. We appreciate all the love and support. We're growing at a tremendous pace and it's awesome. So let's get started here. Our special guest is the one and only Dane Baugh. Say what up to the people, Dane. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. First of all, thank you for joining us. Uh, it's a treat to have you. For those of you who don't know Dane, Dane works with us at MLSE and he does stuff within the community. And we just wanted to bring him on to just give himself a little bit of exposure and just tell us a little bit about himself. So um, let's change gears here. So first question, tell us about yourself, your story. Um, where did you grow up and how did you get into sports? Um, okay, so as of now, I'm growing up now, I have four kids. Uh, I grew up in the Jane and Finch community. Um, I started, and uh, my mom lived over by Rex, though. But I started, to, my first sport I fell in love with was baseball. I was a big baseball fan. Uh, when I started to play baseball when I was six, the, the, May, the Blue Jays just won back-to-back. World Series, so the whole city was buzzing about baseball. So my first love of a sport was baseball. Did you um? Did you happen to go to the World Series parade when they won? No, I if I did, I wouldn't remember. To be honest with you, I don't remember that time. But I do remember getting a fresh new T-shirt that had back-to-back champions on it, and I wish I had it now. But I don't even know where that shirt is. I I just knew I had it. But I never used to take it off. Okay, okay. I never used to take it off. Back then, the material on shirts were really, really good. You know, you could wear them all day. Okay, okay. So did you have a favorite ball player on that team then? Yeah, everybody liked Joe Carter. Joe Carter, he's the he's the he's the main he's the main character, you know, that 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 home run. And Roberto Alomar. I met I met Roberto Alomar when I was in when I was in a rookie league camp. Back in like 95, 96. Okay. Yeah, I met Roberto Alomar. So you played you played like league ball? No, this is like Metro Housing Baseball League. Okay. This is a Metro Housing Baseball League. So that's how I fell in love with baseball. Okay. That's the first sport I ever practiced. I had to like really, really play my hardest. Like that's that was my first sport I ever played. Oh, cool. I didn't even know they had leagues like that. Yeah, that's that's how I met Justin. To be honest with you, through Rookie League. Holy smokes! <laughs> oh, Steve. Yeah, it's deep, man. Damn. So then, I'm just curious. When did you end up getting into basketball? Because I know for Matt Manila and myself, we know you as a as a basketball guy. Yeah. So I got into basketball. I was like nine, ten. So then the, the shoes started to come out. There was like their own signature shoes. So Gary Payton had his own shoes, and my mom used to love getting me Patrick Ewins when I was a kid. So I always had a pair of Patrick Ewins. So basketball was always, like, that go-to sport. And when I was, like, 9, 8, that's when Mike was doing his thing. So by the time I was 10, I really understand basketball. Um, flip, Mike was just taking over the world, to be honest, at that time. So, like you said, you grew up, uh, Jane and Finch, Rexdale area. Were there any obstacles you faced as a young black man living in the city of Toronto and, and in those communities? Yeah, um, flip. We didn't get enough. We didn't get enough exposure as a young kid. I never played OBA. Like I didn't play rep team until I was 
16, 15. Yeah, we were good enough to play, but uh, OBA, you kind of need your, your money, right? And uh, I couldn't, I wasn't allowed to bring those type of forms home to my mom because my mom would just look at it and throw it in the garbage, to be honest with you. So I never really brought papers home that said they had a price tag on them. Okay. So getting the OBA forms, because I know what it's like, because I, uh, I couldn't play double A hockey or single A hockey, because bringing the, the forms back with that price tag would be uh, a conversation on its own terms. But once you got older, uh, what were some of the things that you took an interest in revolving around the world of sports? So seeing that, you know, 16, 15, you're getting into OBA rep teams. Was that kind of like the the start of you getting into finding your path? Yeah, like I was already heads on. Like I was in love with basketball, uh, basketball shoes. I would wear them strictly indoor. Um, I was going to practice seven o'clock in the morning for this coach, Bob Mado. And it's like, I had to really focus on being a basketball, I had been a student basketball player at that school. So that was, that was like a big turning point in my life. Cause I knew that I had to play basketball just to be like out of the obstacles, out of the shit. Like, cause there's a lot of shit going on in Jane Finch. If you're not playing sports, you'll get caught up real, real, real easy. No, I understand. I know. I know. So was your coach kind of like a mentor for you or did you have somebody in the neighborhood that you looked up to that you could go to for advice and stuff like that? Honestly, honestly, there was, I never had a real mentor to be honest with you. Like my first mentor I could call on to is Justin Bob, like just to see how he moved. And it's like, yo, I wanted to be that. Like how people, like how we would step into a room and how he would get that attention and how he he brings himself and how he speaks. Like, I was like, yo, I want to be that. Like, that's fucking dope. <laughs> Whatever you do, like, that's dope. Teach me how to do that. And it's like, yeah, my, my, my coach was always looked at me as like a neighborhood kid. So he didn't really spend that much time on me to really focus on what my goals were. It's just like, it was just like, get this guy out of high school real quick, to be honest. So to add on to that, you mentioned the 7 a.m. practices and whatnot and just being dedicated to being a student athlete. Do you find that that same dedication has helped you like in your professional career and like your your family life, like having kids at a young age, as well as just staying the kind of the course? And then now you've got your new position. We're going to touch on that more later, but the opportunity just arose. So I want to touch on that now a little bit as well. Honestly, like, I had a lot of friends that was, like, the turning point for me was at my life was 14. I had a lot of friends, like, dropping out of high school at that age at a rapid speed. <laughs> like, it was crazy. By the time I was going to grade 10, I only had one friend going to high school with me. And before that, it was, it was a lot of us. And just looking at that, it was like, there was no, like, nothing bad about to say about them, but, like, their mom wasn't coming to look for them outside as my mom was like, you know, like I couldn't hang outside as long as late as I wanted to. Cause I had my mom to like call me to be like, yo, come inside and or come look for me in the community. It's like, you know, you as a kid, you don't really want that. So you just want to get home before your parents come out. So that right there, that right there really, really curved me. It's like, I have a backbone and it's like, I can't really mess up 
Shout out to Ma Dukes for that. Yeah, yeah, man. She was, she was, she was a dog, man. She, she was, a, she was fast. She was you fast. didn't want her to she come barking quiet. on the corner for you, eh? Yeah, man. And it's like, yo, a lot of neighborhood people be like, yo, I just saw your mom, and it's like, <laughs> that means if you just saw her, that that means I can't run. Like there was no escaping her. So, a lot of beatings used to happen outside. I should say. The rule for me growing up was when the streetlights came out, you came in. That was it. No, I didn't abide by that. It's like I I turned <laughs> dumb when the lights came on. <laughs> like all the fun happened when the lights I know, came on. I know. So it's like some nights I'll be like, you know what it is? I'll take the beat. <laughs> <laughs> you can't miss out on the action. It's too, too worth it. Yeah, like, like, you know, and it's like, you know, that only happened in the summertime. You know how the winter is. Can't Everybody's inside yeah. their house. In Canada, in the, in the winter time, so it didn't really matter that much. But in the summertime, poof, man. All right, all right. Let's um. So we're talking. We're talking a little bit about your sports earlier. Um, you mentioned you were playing baseball and basketball as you got older. Any memorable like tournaments or teams just from growing up? I know you said you weren't able to play like at the higher levels, but just like you mentioned, the Metro Baseball League or even like the community leagues you were involved in like what do you remember the most about that mm-hmm. uh in my community uh there was this guy called in jana finch my grandma lived there was a guy called baby j he was like our a superstar in, my, in our eyes like he would win every tournament without trying like he was really good in basketball so my mom who lived in rexdale so it was like back and forth to like grade seven and then it's like yo i told my friend like yo we gotta go to um jana finch to win this basketball tournament we just won hoop it up and then so he's feeling it we're feeling it then we get to the place and, and like my homie was like starstruck like the lights was on like it was real up-tempo basketball and it's like you had to really really bring your game and that right there, that was like one of the first times my mom seen me play because I brought my friend. So my mom seen me play. So I'm like, yo, I can't lose in front of my mom. So yeah, I balled out. And yeah, I won. that was the first neighborhood trophy I ever won in my life when I was 13. So that right there was epic. I couldn't lose in front of my mom. And I beat the villain, the, the, the what's his, the superstar baby Jay. I, I was great. I was going into grade nine happy as hell. Happy as hell. So your name was booming then? Yeah. Yeah. Like I made a name. And then I went to the same school with Baby J. So that was, that worked even better. And I got even better. And he brought me to like OBA. And we played for Roadrunners. And we never paid a dime. We never paid a single red cent. So shout out to my homie, Baby J. Did, did, um... Sorry, did he go anywhere with ball or was it just... um... It's so crazy. He was so talented. So talented. Basketball was so easy for him. It was like everybody would try their hardest and he'll be in like his hat backwards, jeans, not even trying hard and really doing good. But like like I said, Jalen Finch is a hell of an obstacle, man. And yeah, he lost that race between him and Jalen Finch. Like... By the time our last year, he didn't even want to play basketball that much. And then that was the end of it. He didn't even go to college. He didn't even go to city college. Like, it was bad, bro. So that was, like, 
that's what hurts so much to this day is like that was a pure waste of talent. And he was really, really good. He was really, really good. So, yeah. That's a shame. Yeah, man. Jane and Finch, man. They, they, there's a lot more. There's a lot more that was better than him that, that they have taken away, man. Pure shame. All right. Well, moving on and keeping on the same train a little bit. Would there be any like fondest memory or some of the funny stories that came out of your neighborhood that you'd be willing to share? Yeah. Um, my homie, Junior Cadugan. Uh, he, he played four years at Marquette. He played with Jimmy Butler, Jay Crowder, Dwight Bites, um, Juan Hernandez. Those are all the guys that, that went to the NBA. And uh, I was there with him for that whole four-year ride in Marquette. But before my mom was a, was a dog, his mom was a pit bull. <laughs> like, yo, he could be at the community center. No, like he was two years younger than us, but he was really, really good. And like, he'll be playing. And then like his mom will show up in a trench coat, banging the, banging the center window. After, after he comes out, she's beating him with a stick. Then she's beating him with a belt. And it's like, yo, that lady used to beat the man repetitively, bro. And then it's like, when we when he just got into Marquette, she goes, you see, all these beatings count up for something. So that was like the real story right there. So I'm telling you, man, beating your kids, I know it's not used right now, but man, that curved a lot of us. Like if I I know for sure if there was a more parents like my mom and Junior's mom, yeah, a lot of us would have been in good hands to be honest with you. But yeah, his mom used to beat him like crazy, and he was the best kid. That's crazy. So it's crazy. I, I I've had my fair share of licks. I I, I was a part of that uh, the last round of the beatings, you know. Before they took him away. You know what's so crazy? He never used to get beaten inside. <laughs> he used to get all the beaten outside. Everyone can see an audience. Like he, he, like he was that kid that yo, when the street light came on, go home. Everyone's like, yo, go home. Your mom's coming, and then she would just come in a trench coat, and she has two weapons underneath the trench coat. She has a belt and a stick. So, I don't know, man. That's why. That's why Junior went the farthest because. His mom was on him the most. It's very true. To be honest with you. It works. Yeah, that's why he went the farthest, man. He played 10 years pro. It works. Method works. It really, really works. works. Like, like to be in Jane and Finch as a kid, you need a mom or a dad or a brother to bust your ass regularly until you get to, like, a grown man stage. should be like, yo, thank you for that beating. Because if you never came for me outside, the the chilling and the and the, like all that chilling just leads to dumb shit. To be honest with you, I was really never worth it. Very true. All right, for my next question, Dane. As Manny touched on earlier, you are uh, one of our colleagues at MLSC Launchpad. So I just wanted to touch on what it's like to be an employee from the start, and if you don't mind, giving us a little bit about Launchpad and what goes on in the building. And then if you have any favorite stories you'd like to share as well uh, regarding Launchpad, we'd love to hear some too. Um, coming into Launchpad, uh, Justin calls me and goes, yo, um, I got a job for you. 
I'm going, all right, cool. What's the job? He goes, yo, I don't know what the job is, but just come downtown and this is the address. So I'm like, all right. <laughs> all right, cool. Yo, I know those calls. All I right. know those calls. <laughs> he goes, yo, I don't know what you're doing, but like make your way downtown. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, you ain't got to say no more. So then when I got there now, he's like, yo, you got to be a youth mentor position. I'm like, okay. But like, as I came in, it's like, I've already sat at a higher table. Like, you know, I was already like at for Toronto Community Housing, I was already a coordinator. I was already coordinating programs, supervising staff. So when I came in as a youth mentor, I'm like, yo, this shit's easy. Like, mm-hmm. and then I started to like gaze. I'm not gonna tell you no lie. Like, I was doing a lot of gazing. I wasn't I wasn't coming to work on time. Uh I didn't really appreciate the space, to be honest with you, until Maybe until like my daughters were like were coming and it's like, yo, like you need to turn the page, bro. So then I'm like, yo, I'm gonna come to work all the time. I'm gonna step, I'm gonna do a little bit more every day I come to work. And then like you seen the transformation that I was making, and I'm like, yo, like there's a lot more room to grow in this place. I didn't I didn't look at Launchpad as a room to grow in this space because as you know, like I know, I worked with Justin Pryor before this, and it's like Justin doesn't like to see you at one spot for too long. You gotta, if you're not elevating yourself, you gotta move from around him. That's what I knew from long time. And he asked me, "What did I see in myself in a year from here?" And I said, "Though honestly, if I don't, if I don't become a better position, I gotta get out of here." And he goes, "Yeah, glad you know." And this is like my homie telling me this, so it's like I just gotta work better. Just making this better impressions, making better decisions. And I'm like, yo, I could do this position. Like, and it's it's the position that John got, to be honest with you. He made me realize, like, yo, being a supervisor, you can get this job. Because he didn't really, I don't want to say he really didn't do, do much, but the effort that he was putting in, I'm like, yo, I do way more effort than that. So I just gotta stay locked and loaded. And ever since that. I just stayed locked and loaded and I went for the supervisor position. After the supervisor position, I learned so much from Madison. Madison is so dope. Oh my goodness. I don't know if you guys know Madison, but shout out to Madison. Yo, I learned so much from Madison. Like she was like really, really top dog. She was like everywhere. And I realized that, yo, you don't need to be a Madison. You could just be Dane. And then when I seen that, I'm like, yo, this is working for me. Like, like you know, I'm, I'm, I'm elevating myself. Program is running smooth. The building is feeling safe. Like, the staff are happy to come to work. And I'm like, yo, this is like, there's a next chance. Like, you know, I could upgrade myself. And then, boom, Bess got pregnant. I'm like, holy shit. When Bess got pregnant, that's when I turned over. And I'm like, yo, I got to go for this coordinator position. It ain't no joke. This is my last chance. And I know Jay left now, but I know JB was leaving before this because he doesn't stay in a position for too long. He just, if you know Justin, bro, you will not stay in a position for too long. He's always growing and always opening up doors for the next task. And yeah, and he just brought that to my horizons and I went for it. And by the grace of God, I got the coordinated position by like knowing the building in and out and knowing everybody. I just made that a duty to like, make sure like, 
I didn't waste anybody's time, especially Justin. Because he meant, he meant so much to me. It's like, yo, I couldn't let him down. And then I had my girls and my kids and my, oh my gosh, I can't let my kids down either. You know, and plus I had Dave Yon coming to the program. So it's like, you just got to keep elevating yourself to make him see so he can elevate himself when he gets older too as well. 100%. Great story. I mean, thinking about it, like being, I know me and Corey uh, were there from the start. Technically Mandela jumped in uh, not too long after, but seeing like hearing the story and then kind of like, like picturing how it went and watching how you elevated and grew and worked around the space. It all makes sense now. So it, it's a, uh, it's a story that is definitely great. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. No problem, brother. Shout out to Tanya too, because Tanya said some shit to me. She's like, I built this lot. Like I found out the, the launch pad story. And like, she, she thinks she built this for youth. And I had to tell her one day, I'm like, yo, Tanya, you build this shit for me. Like you saved my life. I'm going to let you know that first and foremost, you saved my life. Like you've turned my life in a, different direction so no shout out to tanya for that shout out mucker yeah she's she's awesome she's dope as well madison all the all the ladies that are in launchpad who uh play an integral part they uh they're awesome lisa beth shout out to to lisa and Beth. yo hearing that story that's crazy first of all that's awesome you got the opportunity and ran with it but that's crazy you shaped up real quick and then look where you are now manny i just want to say real quick dane said he didn't have no line yeah like you, elevated. You, were, you, were, you were trying to be like, <laughs> no, 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 actually 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 no you said it you said it actually in that tidbit when you were talking about being a supervisor how you could just be dane yeah you're talking you're trying to compare yourself to justin's tidbit right yeah so now just being dane look at your tidbit justin was just being justin true um, very much you true. got yourself a gem i told you <laughs> we all, we all got our you. own gems in our own ways. I told you. Oh, Lee, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need this recording on DVDs. I got <laughs> all my home. You can find it in the link in the bio. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. We can do that. <laughs> no, I got I got a lot of old school homies, man. They just got smartphones with no smart apps on it. Right. <laughs> yeah, we'll get you. The, we'll get you the DVD. I gotta get yeah, LimeWire installed. All right, now you're talking my language. <laughs> That's my days right yes, there. Yes, sir. When they shut that site site down, that was one of the saddest days, bro. All my tunes were gone. I had so many great Acon tracks, so many great Vibes Cartel songs. All of that gone out the window. Yeah. You know, but it's crazy how that just changed from like burning CDs, and then it's like the next week or next two weeks, here comes the MP3 player. Mm. It's like they planned it, and then. The, yeah, and an MP3 player, and then here comes the flipping iPod. iPod yeah, I'm like, yo, what the hell? And then, and then after the oh, iPod, then after the iPod, they 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 changed the game. They they said, no, 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 iPhone. He's got to start making calls off exactly. of exactly. And that's, that's it. where they changed the game and right there, are, man. And here we are. I, here we are. And now. here we are exactly <laughs> because I had the iPad. I had the i um phone. No, not the iPad phone. The iPad, the small one, the little small square one. Yeah. Then I spent $300 and I got the big white one. I'm like, yes, this is my music player. I have all the tracks. I'm good to go. And then I think I swear like two months later, here comes the iPhone. I'm like, mm. bro, I don't need this again. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> all right. Touching back on your community. We know you're, um, you're a big, um, 
you're a big mentor in your community for a lot of the kids. You put on events which then give back to them, such as like the back to back to school basketball tournaments where you do the backpack giveaways. You want to just touch on that a little bit and let people know some of the different things you do. Um, so the backpack, the the tournament was was always. I played in that same tournament, the same story I told you about with Baby J. That was like the same time that tournament happened. And it's like the older guys that had that tournament, they had a falling out. So there was no more basketball within the community for about six, seven years. And then as I got older, me and my me and my homie, Baby J's older brother, Woods, we came together and we're like, yo, let's do a basketball tournament. So we did a basketball tournament, easy peasy. Three on three, it was lovely. And then that summer, two kids died in our neighborhood, 15 and 14. No, I'm lying. Yeah, 15 and 14, right? The two kids died in August. I think we had the tournament, I think, a week before that. And um, later coming down the line, the mom came to us within the next year and been like, yo, honestly, my son saved his work money that he could buy shoes just to come to your tournament. So, like, he invested his whole summer just to make sure he looked good for that one day. And she was like, yo, she wants to be involved inside this tournament because the joy that her son had just to come to the tournament, she wants to have that forever. So then we're like, yo, the two kids that died were O'Shea and Kwame. So we called it the OK tournament. So we then were having the OK tournament. So we had, like, back to school back to school backpacks then my friend chris blackwood goes yo we gotta like elevate so we came up with a plan to where we raised more money and then anybody going to college or university from our community all they have to do is write an essay and they will give them five hundred dollars and then that grew. So this past COVID time, we still raised 12000 and we gave away 500 to six kids during the COVID time. So our tournament, our legacy is still going on, but we didn't get to play basketball this year, which is okay because giving the money to those kids is bigger than basketball. The basketball tournament was just for the community. Everybody comes out. Kids from different communities come play basketball. They get hot dogs. They get free burgers, free drinks. But nothing was more important than those kids getting a $500 startup. So we just ran with that. And, and that's been a huge success. Like, a lot of people go, why don't you guys just have this in a gym? Why don't you guys leave this from the community? I'm like, yo, if we take this away from the community, our community has nothing. Like, they have nothing to look forward to. They don't have that one barbecue to look forward to so that so it's more than just a back to school tournament it gives us the our community that vibes for that one day and it's back to reality the next day so that's why it's bigger than back to school it's bigger than like the backpacks it's bigger than the basketball tournament is those kids those six or four kids that we've been giving the money to they have the bigger impact on our community than those basketball players. Wow, yo, shout out to you guys. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a, lot, of, it's a lot of work. We start working from now. To be honest, we, we work from now, and it's like, what are we trying to do and what's next? Like, we try to do track and field, but 
a week prior, two people got shot in our community and the police thought it was the best thing for us not to have anything. They really they really come to your neighborhoods and tell you guys you can't put on certain events, eh? They don't come to our they don't come to our neighborhood, they find me or Chris to be to like give the word of mouth to be like, yo, it's not really safe. But it's like we have to have it because we lost two kids for this reason. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So like we have to have that tournament to honor those two soldiers that died in the battlefield. They didn't even have a life yet. Yeah. So that's why it's like we will always try to like always have the back to school backpacks and always have to make sure the money is there for the kids who's going for the first year in college. It's bigger than basketball to me. No, I can appreciate that and I can understand that. Yeah, man. So we we start from now. We kind of start from now and then we see what's available. But what always normally happens is there's always a shooting a week before, two weeks before. And then you'll think that no one shows up. But when it's coming to that day, everybody shows up, man. Everybody shows up. And so I take it on that day, there's like a mutual like peace agreement. Like everyone puts their their, their stuff aside. Yeah, yeah, within the neighborhood, because every neighborhood has their own little neighborhood politics. But yeah, within the neighborhood, for sure, they put their stuff aside and police know some kids is on house arrest and they don't chase them, which is good. I I, I kind of applaud them for the, like the past two, three years. Like they'll come to us and be like, yo, that kid right there is on house arrest and he's chilling with Ray Ray and, he, and the police officers know these kids. So it's up to me and Chris to be like, yo, honestly, the officer just seen you. You're good. But just don't do nothing stupid. Yeah. And that's that's how that's how policing in our community was happening, because that police officer knew if he was to arrest that young boy at that time, the community would shut out the police forever. Yeah. Yeah. Working with you guys instead of just like um, coming in and doing their typical nonsense that you see on TV. Exactly, exactly. There's a lot of shooting in my community, man. It's, it's crazy, man. There's a shooting almost all the time, man. You know, so they, they kind of adapt to what's going on. And so they know that their presence is highly, highly needed when it comes to our tournament. First of all, shout out to, to you guys for doing that. That's awesome. Giving kids a chance to, to you know, get an education and, 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 and better themselves and elevate. That's awesome. But just thinking on that, what would... What would be like a, a piece of advice you would give to a young person who, you know, is in your community, was in your position when you were younger that, you know, like, what would it be? What would, what would you say, like say to them and, and why? Oh, the, the one thing that got me through that I would love to share to every youth in every community is listen to your gut feeling, bro. If you know that you if you know that you shouldn't be chilling with this friend, don't be chilling with this friend. If you know that you shouldn't be going to that party because this and this might happen, don't go to that party. Like follow your real instincts. Like a real instance saved my life more than five times. That I could count more than two hands for me just saying, yo, I am not going there. And something happening there for make me feel like, yo. That's why you go with your gut feeling. So as a young person growing up, if, you, if your gut's telling you to ride with it, ride with it. What's the worst that's going to happen? You can fail and you try again. But when you make that silly mistake, it's like 
partying and and chilling with friends that you know that's involved in shit, then you know what comes with it. Because you know what just comes with it. So you just got to be smart and just always try to elevate and not try to stay at the same spot that you were yesterday. Well said. Well said, yeah, I was just going to say. Very good. I think we are... I think we're done. I have I have our final question here, uh, and then I think we're going to wrap it up. So we're going to stay on a lighter topic. If you could pick any five players from any generation to make a starting five, who would you choose? So hold on. I can pick any pl- NBA. NBA. Any five plays. Any five players from the NBA from any generation. Okay, Allen Iverson is number one. He changed, he changed for sure. Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson at point guard or shooting guard? Allen Iverson at the point. For sure. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then I gotta go Mike because he took me away from Joe Carter. All right. I'll go LeBron, the best player in the world. All right. Um, I'm gonna go with Tim Duncan. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Solid man. Solid Tim man. Duncan. Yeah. I know he, what you're talking about. He he doesn't make mistakes. Plays the game right. He plays the game right. Yeah, he just plays the game right. He just looks like he yells at his teammates. He looks like he's for his team. Like, he's just a great guy. Like, I, I feel like he's a great guy off the court. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I like Tim Duncan and my... Yeah, center, your center. I was going to say, center, yeah. My center. It's tough. Uh, it's a lot of centers you could choose from. I'd be Shaq, no? I'm gonna, wow. There's a lot. I'm going to go Shaq. You're going to go Shaq. You want to know why I'm going to go Shaq? Tell me. Because he had that KFC basketball. And I used to go crazy for that KFC basketball. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I'm going to go with Shaq. All right. That's a childhood memory time. So you got so I'm AI. Go Shaq at the five. Yeah. Mike. Uh, yeah. LeBron. Tim Duncan. And Shaquille O'Neal. No. That, that for sure. That five right there is crazy. That's a crazy starting five. That five right. That's hard. Yeah. I got to I, I got to roll that starting five for sure. All of those guys mean so much to me. Like, I wanted to be AI, but I was too fat. And everybody I knew had braids and skinny. And everybody wanted to be Allen Iverson, but I did have all of his jerseys, though. Okay, okay. Like, you know, I wanted to be AI, but there was just way too much people around me to be Allen Iverson. Fair enough. But, yeah, he changed the game for me. Pretty good. I don't think I could pick a better starting five than that. I mean, I'd probably tweak one or two people, but pretty... Yeah, people Pretty people solid. will take away the AI or, or the Tim Duncan. I, I yeah, I mean, you know? I would replace AI or Tim Duncan, but I mean, they're still solids. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me, man. You guys brought me back down memory lane, so that was dope to do that. So I appreciate you guys having me on your show. Appreciate you coming out and being a part of this episode and just having fun with us. So thank you. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Anytime, man. Like I said, bro, when you get this on DVDs, let me know. <laughs> we'll, I can give it to a couple of my homies we'll, because we'll get it right on. A lot of us have smartphones. A lot of us have smartphones, but without the smart apps. I feel you. I feel I'm you. I'm telling you. No worries. I'm telling you. My friends just want the numbers. That's it. Yeah. But they don't. They don't. They they can't work Zoom on their phone. <laughs> They don't even want to get WhatsApp. They don't have Instagram. Crazy. If one has Instagram. The next one doesn't have Snapchat. So what a world! Who doesn't have Snapchat or Instagram? In you know, or WhatsApp or something. <laughs> crazy. Yo, it's crazy how there's like the the gap, the technology gap. But like 100%. you know, there's certain people at a certain age don't don't use it, and then 
once you get to a certain age, you can't find somebody without it. Yeah, even today, like I'm like, yo, like how come we don't have those apps? Like, oh, I don't do social media. Like, what are you doing with your time? Like, are you bored, bro? Like, <laughs> like social media, bro. Like, a little bit, bro. Like, be yourself. You could be yourself on social media, fam. Like, you don't have to be someone else. You could just be who you want to be on social media. If you feel like you want to post a hundred pictures, post a hundred pictures. Be you. But a lot of people think about what other people think. How I when I post this or how does this look when I do that? Like fuck that, fuck that. I don't care, bro. Wise words, wise words. Preach. <laughs> like I said, man. Get this. Yo, worrying about what other people think, man. That'll be yeah. Your I'm telling you, and I'm telling you, man. They it's a lot of that that goes on, and and it's like that's why I I I. I don't have the same friends I had before because I've elevated to where I've, I've put my community first and my friends that I grew up with, they put the communities up in their Instagram and their, their bio, but they don't stand strong by our, by our community by even coming by and, and be like, yo, I brought a hundred pairs of socks. I brought some books. Like that doesn't happen as much as it's supposed to, but, Hopefully they'll see the path that we're trying to set and they can follow along a little bit later. And keep going. Keep setting that example. Yeah, man. But thanks for having me, man. Like I said, once we get this, we're selling this for $5.99 a pop. $5.99 a pop, man. Okay. Damn. $5.99. You think we're worth $5.99? I like it. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> you, you can get a lot of $5.99. Remember, we're asking for $5. We want $5, but we have to say $5.99. Hmm. Because there's a lot of people that won't give us a six. They'll just give us five. All right, fair. It's a Jane and Finch trade, man. <laughs> a Jane and Finch trade. We know that we know that it, we need $20 for the tournament. No, we'll, I, we know that we need $10, so we'll ask someone 15 Because they know they're going to give us 10 Smart. That's just how it is, bro. That's just how it is. Yeah, no. Um, We'll wrap it up here. Um, thank you for coming. Thank you for sharing those stories with us and giving us, you know, a little bit of tricks of the trade of the Jaden Finch, the $5 more than you actually need. I'm telling you, man. I'm <laughs> telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the podcast with Dane. Amazing guests, great stories. And um, hopefully we can have you on sometime in the future again, maybe a couple of years down the road. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully we can get another transformation. Hopefully I can lock in. That's it. Elevation. All right, guys. This is Mandela signing off for Matt and Corey from the Unknown TO podcast. And now you know what's coming next. Three, two, one. Peace.